0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another Raw Roundup. I'm your host, Ryan Satin. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode with Madcap Moss. Let's get to Raw. This was definitely uh, it. Definitely ended with a very uh, what's a word? What's the word I'm looking for with a with a with a segment that I'm sure as soon as I go check my phone after I'm done recording that everybody on wrestling Twitter will be debating over, and that's the segment with Logan Paul. We'll get to that at the end of the show, but let's start with the beginning of the show. I had an awkward, odd start with uh, Titus O'Neil in the ring, reminding everyone of all the good WWE does and how WWE is free from politics or something like that, and then welcomed everyone to Raw. Not really sure what the point of this was, but then we got Becky Lynch coming out next after that, and this was when the, the SummerSlam hype officially began. I was really happy to see that SummerSlam finally felt like it was happening on TV. I felt like there had been other stuff that they've been talking about, a lot of like the stuff that had previously happened with Money in the Bank or Clash of the Castle. And yes, there has been build to SummerSlam in in small part, but this really felt like the night, the, 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 the build, the real build to everything began because I feel like up to this point, it had only been uh, the Roman and Brock stuff that was really uh, finalized and something you knew was for sure happening, also the Street Profits and the Usos, but other than that, it was like a lot of things were up in the air, and it wasn't sure what was going on, so now you know everything that's officially, not everything, but a, a, a bunch more things that are happening, and one of those things is Becky Lynch, uh, she comes out next, and she talks about all she's gone through these last few months, then announces that at SummerSlam, she'll face the winner of Bianca Belair versus Carmella coming up later in this show. Bianca Belair makes her entrance next and lets her know that Becky has got the narrative all wrong heading into SummerSlam. She says, This isn't the Becky Lynch WrestleMania comeback story. This is the Bianca Belair comeback story from SummerSlam last year. She says that she's going to right the wrong from last year's show one more time by walking out with the Raw women's title. I like them playing into this for their match. Obviously, that was the one of the big talking points coming out of SummerSlam last year. So, the fact that they're wrestling there at this year's SummerSlam, you can't ignore that that's happening. You can't ignore the history between them at SummerSlam now. So, I liked all of this. Carmella comes out after that and says that she's going to become the new Raw Women's Champion tonight. And as Bianca starts to respond, she gets double teamed by Becky and Carmella. Now, since it was confirmed that she is going to that Becky Lynch is going to face the winner of Bianca Belair versus Carmella this to me at least made sense now like since Becky already has the title match working together with Carmella made sense like they should have made that official last week so Becky's interference would have been less confusing then or you know that that even if they didn't confirm who her opponent was going to be just that she's getting the title match at SummerSlam, uh, would have been helpful to establish some sort of logic in what she was doing last week, but now that it was established here, this at least made sense. We had Carmella versus Bianca Belair. After that, Bianca you know, says, okay, I'll still fight even though I was brutally beaten up before this, and she wins with the KOD. Uh, Becky comes in the ring with the title. After that, and acts like she's going to hand it to Bianca, but instead tosses it on the ground. To me, this felt like it was supposed to look similar to the incident between Charlotte and Becky recently. Just like to amplify the drama between these two, and I like that. Worked for me. I really do think that these two are going to have a good match. Uh, They have great chemistry together. Um, So yeah, I I, I liked how this goes. I will say though, uh, I genuinely don't know who I think is going to win the match between Bianca and Becky. On one hand, Becky needs to start her comeback. It's I feel like she's been on this downward spiral for a long time now, and she needs to be on the upward spiral heading towards WrestleMania. On the other, I definitely don't think it should once again happen at the expense of Bianca Belair. So tricky booking here. I really wonder what's going to happen and who's going to come out on top of this. You'd think that Bianca needs it more. This should be you know her moment right now. Uh, but also Becky Lynch is one of the top stars in all of WWE. (sighs)
1: It's
0: a tough one. I wouldn't want to be in the Booker's shoes in that one. (laughs) I wouldn't want to be part of the creative team trying to figure that one out because there's a lot, uh, I'm sure there's a lot of internal debate over who should or shouldn't win. Street Profits interview after that regarding Jeff Jarrett being the special guest referee when they face off against the Usos at SummerSlam, and they say it doesn't matter who the ref is, because they'll be winning the tag titles at SummerSlam in Nashville. They're not, look at me, blah, 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 listen to me. (laughs) Old uh, Marble Mouth over here. Uh, The duo are then interrupted by MVP and Amos, and a match is set up for later between Amos and Dawkins. We had the KO show with Riddle after the break. Kevin says uh, that he had become obsessed with Ezekiel, and Elias, which is why he's been gone the last few weeks, but now he's refocused. He then proposes to Riddle that they f- form a team together, saying that RK Bro was good, but Bro KO could be great. You know, it's funny, you know, because Riddle points out next that Kevin is the biggest liar he knows based on his past. Um, and I, I think it's funny here because no matter how many times Kevin Owens turns on someone, we always get excited at the potential of him doing some sort of random team with a new person. I think we always fall for it, no matter who. And when I when I was watching this, just the name Bro KO uh, was such a got me so hyped that I was like, okay, yeah, I'm okay with replacing, I guess not replacing, but but in the, while while Randy's out with whatever he's dealing with uh, injury wise, while he's out with the back injury, I was like, oh you know. Bro KO could be a good way to keep these two busy for a while, Um, just like it was a good way to keep uh, Randy Orton busy for a while uh, and also help Riddle. Uh, So the thought of it did kind of excite me a little bit, but then, uh, you know, Owen says he's turned a new leaf, and then he makes a valid, and then he, I will say too, he also makes a valid point here by saying, uh, you trusted Randy Orton, the biggest snake in the history of WWE. Nobody has ever been less trustworthy than Randy Orton, okay? And honestly, valid point for someone like Kevin Owens to bring up when trying to form a team with someone he's like, he thought, it almost feels like he thought like maybe this one will be different. Maybe this one will be different. Uh, but instead, Riddle gets pissed about the Randy Orton slander and he gets in Kevin's face, uh, you know, not, not, te- not having it at all. Rollins music hits after that and he attacks Riddle from behind then he hits the stomp. Kevin vanished in all of this, so it it kind of appeared to have been a setup with Rollins, but Graves did insist on commentary later that it was not, so I, we're just going to have to wait and see where, where that goes, because right now it does kind of feel like he was uh, the person behind all of that, so... We'll have to wait and see. Still, but uh, it's 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 uh, it's only a matter of time before we find out. Oh no! Look at me. I'm looking at my notes over here, and I clicked the wrong button. Now they're gone. Okay, I got them back, guys. Don't worry. My notes are here. <laughs> um. Okay. Yeah, we're here. So after the break, Rollins brags about the attack afterward in a in an interview, and Ezekiel confronts him. Pissed off. Zeke is Zeked up. He's angry. He's not having. He's not having it. He's not having it with Rollins, dude. He's pissed at Rollins, and he says, uh, or Seth tells him to get out of his business because he's like, I can't believe what you did out there. And Seth says, Get out of my business. And Ezekiel says, I am your business, and business has just picked up. <laughs> Which you know, I, I always get hyped when I hear that line as, a, as an attitude era kid business has just picked up always makes me happy. So I liked to hear I liked um I liked Rollins uh, just just being raggedocious about everything and I liked I liked uh Ezekiel and the way he confronted him. It felt like it's funny, when I was watching this I was thinking, Man, it's crazy that they are having Ezekiel, you know Ezekiel and, and Rollins already, you know, like Ezekiel's so new on the roster and I'm realizing that They've already trained me into acting like Ezekiel is a completely different person. He is, I know, but they, you know, you know what I'm saying. They've already tricked me. They've already, they've already made me buy into the whole thing, and I've now stopped calling him Elias. I'm, I'm fully in the Ezekiel thing, and I love that. They, that they've, I've bought into it so much that I almost feel like I'm looking at a completely different person and not somebody who was already wrestling with all these guys before he went away. Uh, after that, we had Rey Mysterio versus Damian Priest, and uh, there was a great finish here where Rey Mysterio goes for Hurricane Rana from the top rope but gets caught, and then Priest drops him down and picks him back up again for Razor's Edge for the win. Ballard grabs a chair to hit a concerto on Rey and says if Dominic doesn't join them, they're going to take his dad's head off. Dominic jumps in the ring and pleads with them not to, not to do it and says he'll join... He'll join and ask them to stop. Uh, Then they're like, "Oh, did you hear what he said?" Well, it doesn't work that way. Sorry, and they hit him with the chair. Uh, I really, I'm liking what these two are doing. I actually think that this whole goth vibe does seem to fit these two better than it did with Edge. Like, I think some people were kind of pushing back to the fact that Edge was trying to be like a his new character to be super goth, even though he started goth uh, when he was doing the Brood stuff. So. Um, I, I I do think though that it, these two are making it work together. Priest is digging back to his whole punishment Martinez thing, and you know Balor's digging into his demon vibes without having to bust out the paint. So, um, I I should actually say more of like his you know Bullet Club days almost, but some some sort of mix of the two, a mix of everything he's done, but angry, and I'm feeling it. It looks like he he's energized with this new heel turn and. He's real dick about everything he's doing, and, I, and, I, and it's working. Um, all right, let's get to the commercials real quick, and then we'll get back to the rest of the show.
1: Hey, folks, it's your man, Keyshawn Johnson, here to talk about Angie, formerly known as Angie's List, your go-to home services, marketplace for getting all your jobs done well. Now you might be wondering, what exactly is Angie? Well, let me tell you, it's the nation's largest home services From finding the best price to scheduling a pro at your convenience, Angie's got you covered every step of the way. So get started today at Angie.com. That's Angie.com or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie, your trusted ally in home services.
0: All right. We had Seth Rollins versus Ezekiel next. And Rollins wins the match with the Stomp. This was a solid competitive match that properly showcased both superstars without devaluing either. So I was super into it. Um, I, I'm liking everything Zeke's doing. I'm liking everything they're doing with him. I even like his Titantron with all the cheesy catchphrases on it. I think it's working. I think crowds are into it. The internet seems into it. Uh, I think you know. Obviously, you could. The question could be asked of like how you know how long can something like this last? But kind of like I said just a minute ago, I already have kind of gotten over the whole Elias aspect of this and just kind of like accepting that this is Zeke now. Uh, So yeah, they're even hyping up eventually doing the third brother now. So I got no issues with this, and I think they're doing a really good job with everything related to Ezekiel. So they also hyped after that 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 next week there's going to be a Rey Mysterio 20th anniversary celebration at Madison Square Garden, and I'm assuming that this is where Edge returns, or at least maybe like his return is teased for SummerSlam here, since the latest vignette that we saw on Raw had a Rey Mysterio mask in it and ended with the tease of someone writing... I am coming to blank in blood. Well, they didn't have the blank, but I just that's how, the writer in me feels like I'm playing hangman when I see that. So the rest of it we did not see. Uh, I'm guessing. Uh, I'm guessing the Judgment Day get involved with the Rey Mysterio 20th anniversary celebration to continue their feud with the Mysterios and when it seems like they're going to hurt Rey, Edge finally pops up on the screen and he finishes what he's writing. To say I'm coming to SummerSlam and we get Finn Balor versus Edge at SummerSlam. That's my guess. It could be wrong, it could be something else, it could be totally different than that. But that's where I see this whole thing going. I will say though, if, if Edge does that, uh, it doesn't really stop them from attacking the homie, Rey Mysterio, but you could still ride it to where it all works. <laughs> we'll see after that we had almost versus Angelo Dawkins and Dawkins was bringing it to Amos man he was super on fire lighting him up uh but then MVP got involved and it led to a DQ Pierce comes out after that turns into a tag match and uh that you know that's that's that it's gonna happen after the break while MVP is in a suit preparing to wrestle a match I gotta say I like how WWE has done such a good job of showcasing Dawkins as of late. Like, you know, we always talk about, everyone always talks about the future of Montez for You know, how he's a future main eventer, future world champion. But I really respect the fact that these last few weeks they've been doing a great job of showcasing that Dawkins has a singles future as well. well. Uh, He's been killing it. Every time he's in the ring alone, uh, so I'm really happy with the, what they're doing with Dawkins as of late to show that he is on the level of Montez Ford as well. Um, them doing this though does make me fear they're being split up soon, but I will not keep bringing it up anymore because I'm I'm worried that I'm gonna jinx the whole thing. <laughs> we had Street Profits versus MVP and Moss after the break, and I really got it. I just I was I was so impressed. With the fact that MVP was able to wrestle while wearing a suit. Like, I can't even wear a suit and just walk around comfortably. So, I just, I really have respect seeing someone wrestle in one so casually. Like, it was like, it wasn't like a fit to wrestle in suit. Like, he wasn't wearing like stretchy type stuff. That was a real nice suit. And I respected that. Uh, Ford hits the frog splash and only gets a one count in this match. Uh, Looks stunned after. Sold it well. Attempts to do it again, but gets pushed off the top rope by Jey Uso. And the match ends in DQ. Bummer. I was bummed. But Amash shouldn't be taking losses anyways. So I understand why they went with that finish. But I was invested in this. I liked where it was going. I wanted to see more of it. I wanted to see an actual finish. Two DQs in a row. Wasn't stoked on that. Veer walks up to Sarah Schreiber backstage afterward and uh, just stares at her awkwardly. Says boo. And then laughs and walks off. Not sure where this is going. Not sure where that's going at all. You went from dominant monster to goofy, laughy guy backstage real fast. Real fast. In record... No, I shouldn't say in record time, but in, in, in quick time. So, um, hopefully... He doesn't become a comedy character. I feel like there was potential in what they were doing with him. So I want to see them get back to it rather than go a new direction. Uh, Miz is, walks up after Veer leaves and, and hypes his conversation later in the evening with Logan Paul. We're going to get to that very soon. Theories in the ring. Talks about how he's going to cash in at SummerSlam. And then he shows footage of Brock. F5-ing Otis through a table last week, claims that everyone is just jealous of him, which is why no one likes him, and that no one is on his level in WWE. AJ Styles interrupts, saying it's not jealousy, they just think he's a jackass, and Theory asks what he's... and Theory, he, he fires back with a good line here, he was like, what were you doing at my age? In wrestling. Giving phenomenal forearms to hillbillies in Georgia. (laughs) I thought that was a a good line. Uh, Styles says that he's proud of his background. Obviously. And that he's the guy who's going to beat some respect. Into Theory. Dolph Ziggler's music hits after that. And he once again sits ringside for the match. Not explaining why he is focused on Theory. We get AJ Styles versus Theory. And at one point. Theory's on the outside. Shoves Ziggler to the ground. Dolph Ziggler... Uh, you know, angrily gets back up but still doesn't get involved until the end when he hits a super kick on Theory as the ref's back was turned and he eventually got counted out of the match. Okay, so I don't know if it's just me, but winning Money in the Bank seems to have given Theory more confidence on TV and it's starting to show. Like, the way he handled the what chance was really impressive. And, like, some people crumble under that sort of thing, but he really didn't. He, if anything, he responded in a way that made um, the audience want to be want to boo more, but not in a way that made it look like it was affecting him. It was more like like maybe his character, but not the performer. The performer didn't seem thrown off by the what chance. And sometimes I find that to be impressive because. It's got to be difficult to have that many people trying to throw you off balance at once, and I feel like I don't know, man. Just like when I was watching him tonight, it was the first time where where I where I said to myself, you know, like I should. I don't know about the first time, but I know while I was watching, I was thinking to myself, this guy really looks like he belongs here. You know, he he looks like he could maybe be a future world champ. You know, for a long time. I think that it's been hard to see that because he's been so good at being a heel, maybe, or because he was getting, you know, shoved. You know, he—I shouldn't say shoved down our throats, but because he was getting pushed so hard on TV, I think that um, sometimes I have this weird thing where if if everybody likes something or if something's being pushed too hard on me, and I think other people have this as well, they either resent it. Or they are like, eh, I'm not gonna like it yet. Maybe when everyone calms down about it, so that can be me with a lot of things outside of wrestling, you know, just in pop culture, and so maybe I might have had a little bit of that in me with the way theory was getting pushed. but I really did when I was watching tonight think to myself, This guy is definitely a future world champion if if the cards are played correctly. I don't know if he should be cashing on Roman reigns or should happen when it should be happening or what.' But I was watching myself. I was watch I was thinking to myself, this guy does has have, have as much potential as everybody says. Um, okay, after that, there was Alexa Bliss, uh, Asuka, and Dana Brooke versus Dewdrop, Nikki, ASH, and Tamina. Tazawa appeared. At some point during the match, pins Dana Brooke for the 24-7 title, then Nikki pins him for the 24-7 title, then Alexa pins her for the 24-7 title, Drop pins her for the 24-7 title, then Tamina pins her, then Dana Brooke pins her. All back, full circle, practically basically just canceling out everything that just happened. Then Asuka, who wisely didn't care about any of that, locks in the Asuka lock and wins the match for her team. All right, let's get to the big part of this show now. Miz TV with Logan Paul. Logan comes out with his energy drink, slams it to the ground, asks if Miz accepts his challenge or not. Miz tells him to hold up and says to remember the better times. He then shows footage of WrestleMania that ends before the school crushing finale he gave to Logan. That was a great touch. Uh, I, I laughed at that, that it was like, a, oh, no, look at the better times. Nope, nothing else to see here. Nothing else to see here at all. But Logan asks for the truck to keep playing the footage, and it shows how things really ended. Logan says, I want you know I want to wrestle you at Summerslam. I've challenged you, and he continually tries to play the babyface role here by mocking Miz and and playing into the crowd as if they, you know, as if they're on his side. Uh, Miz tries to talk Logan into thinking that he needs him now that he's in WWE, but Logan rolls his eyes at that. Miz says, "You know what, Logan? You have to earn the right to face me. So your challenge is denied." And Logan responds. You don't think I'm ready? You don't think I'm tough enough? (laughs) Which, whoever wrote that for him, nice line. That was good. I'm guessing it was Miz who suggested that one. But it was good nonetheless. And then he says this. This was, uh, (laughs) this was, it was, well, let me read it for you. Let me read what he said, and then we'll discuss. He says, uh, I was told I wasn't ready to build a social media career and I revolutionized the industry. I was told I couldn't last in the ring with Mayweather, and I put him on my highlight reel. And I was told I couldn't compete at WrestleMania, but I committed myself, worked my ass uh, out of respect for this sport, and when someone tells me I'm not ready for something, it only motivates me. And right now, my sole motivation is to prove you wrong and beat the hell out of you at SummerSlam. Those... <laughs> i conflicted about all of this. I really do like to I really like to cheer for people who do motivate you know who are into being motivational um I want to get behind someone who's motivational I just don't think Logan Paul is motivational despite what he's saying here maybe I'm wrong I don't know I don't know um it's because it's not that I think it's bad to use him I actually think it's brilliant to use him. I think he's someone that has a huge audience, and if he wants to wrestle and do all the stuff, it's brilliant. I just... I don't know. It's like, first of all, first of all, there's only a small portion of the audience, or even outside the audience, that is going to cheer for somebody who says... I was told I wasn't ready to build a social media career, and I revolutionized the industry. Like, the, the, <laughs> the... Like, self-awareness there. Even in trying to be motivational, I laughed to myself, because it's like... Especially the wrestling fan base. They hate people who've built their a uh, social media career and not had, like, a, you know... A job, otherwise, like you know, like they hate people who've done that, and to say that you revolutionized the social media career industry then also <laughs> alienates you from the people you were supposed to be hyping up. In this scenario, it's like you—it's <laughs> it's, it's a line to me when I see that that pisses off both sections of the audience. <laughs> it's, um, and then with Mayweather, you know, power says that I was told they couldn't last in the ring with Mayweather and I put him on my highlight reel. We all watched that. It was not a highlight reel worthy moment. It was a, a, a exhibition unreal boxing match. Like what? <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> yes. Maybe people said he couldn't compete at WrestleMania, and he committed to it, and he worked his ass off out of respect for the sport. Smart to say, so that he can be, you know, looked at like Bad Bunny. But I don't think that you know, just you could see from the work that Bad Bunny put in comparatively that it's not quite the same as what we saw with him. However, still good to say this. Um, I just felt like the intent was so motivational and i laughed at the things that were said in it because it was just like i i, I don't know i think that in order to be a babyface you have to do some sort of act of heroism at some point and i at least to, in my opinion to be able to turn face and we haven't really seen that yet we've just seen him talk about how good he is and that's kind of what a heel does which is what he is so that was my thoughts On that, uh, Logan says he'll be on Raw next week for Madison Square Garden where he's going to host an episode of Impulsive TV. Um, Miz says he doesn't care because the answer is still no. Logan says that's the exact answer he'd expect from someone with two blueberries between his legs and gets the crowd to chant Tiny Balls. Once again, smart to show he's one of the people, a fan. He's been watching. He knows the Miz has Tiny Balls just like all the fans. Smart. Smart, Another good, smart line. This one, this one, that one was a good way to get the crowd on his side. Um, and then because of the tiny balls chant, Miz says, you want the Miz versus Logan Paul at SummerSlam? Then I accept. Logan Paul ducks clothesline from the Miz and hits him with a double leg, then clotheslines Miz out of the ring. But Champa attacks Logan from behind. They attempt to beat him down, but Logan Paul escapes to the back. Whew. All right, well next week should be an interesting show. I'm excited to see it actually. I think that you know regardless of what you think about Logan Paul, what I think about Logan Paul, um, I do find it entertaining to see what he's what he's doing in WWE. So far it's been an interesting, you know first excuse me second uh, you know feud for him. So yeah, I, I I I'm interested. They've they've hooked me. They've got my interest. So oh, gotta mute my computer. Sorry, uh, but yeah, they've got my interest. So I'm looking forward to seeing where the rest of this goes next week at Madison Square Garden. Same for my Edge prediction. Do you guys agree with me? Let me know. Reply. You know, hit me up with a tweet. Let me know if you think if that Edge. If... Let me know if you think Edge is coming back next week at Madison Square Garden. All right, I'm done here. Um, we've got out of character with madcap to listen to. You've got this, you'll have a SmackDown roundup on Friday. So, until then, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it very much. We'll be back soon to talk about some more wrestling on Friday night. See you then. Peace.